So we're in the book of 1 Timothy. So if you have your Bibles, we turn to 1 Timothy. And uh, <clears throat> we're going to pick up where we left off. Uh, we're dealing with uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. We're talking about building people who build churches. And I appreciate the fact that we do have the Obama team here tonight. And you guys are going up to Illinois to help Maple City with their church. And that's in essence building the church. A lot of times when people think about building churches, they think about building buildings. But when we talk about building churches, the church is not a, a building, right? It's a it's a uh, called out assembly. And of course we have buildings, but that's not really the body of Christ. So... Um, I don't know, I'm kind of stalling here waiting on your guys' handouts, but I'm going to go ahead and get started for time's sake. Um, and so, uh, we've covered, uh, on your outline, if you do have one, we've already covered the first several, uh, you know, points of this, and we're picking it up as we go. Uh, we've seen in 1 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 1 through um, 11, uh, up leading up to this text, that uh, godly ministers got to beware of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, and they have to be good ministers of Jesus Christ. And now we're talking about, in times like these, um, we need godly ministers to be examples of the believers. And so let's go ahead and just read the text, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and uh, then we'll pick up from there where we left off. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving, of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained but refuse profane and old wise fables uh, and <clears throat> and exercise thyself rather unto godliness for bodily exercise profiteth little but godliness is profitable unto all things Having, uh, having promise of the life that now is and that which is to come, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Uh, for, therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou example of believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift uh, that is in thee, which was given thee by the prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, and give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself, and them that hear thee. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this opportunity. Thank you for the songs that have been sung. Thank you for uh, the meeting that's been had already and the meetings that we've had tonight. Pray a blessing on the reading, the hearing of your word, and also the priestly work of praying tonight. We thank you for the privilege of entering into your courts of thanksgiving and praise, and, and Lord, lifting up our uh, hands in prayer to you, Lord, as we do that, uh, that intercessory work that you called us to. We thank you, Lord, for the trip coming up. We thank you, Lord, for the, the needs in the body and the supply that comes from you. And we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. We, we do pray, God, that you bless the reading, the hearing, and the application of your word tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so um, the handouts are ready. Who needs a handout? Who does not have one? So you already got them out? Okay, good. Um, 
So times like these call for godly ministers to beware of seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It's a time that uh, it's important to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. And so we saw that times like these call call for uh, ministers. And all of us are ministers, right? Because we're serving the Lord. Everyone going to Mammoth's a minister. Um, we need to be an example of believers. We saw in First Timothy 4.12 and, uh, already, and if you're just kind of filling in where we've been, we need to be intentional to manif- be intentional to ma- in, to manifesting maturity. It probably should be manifest uh, maturity. First Timothy four twelve, and so we saw that uh, last week. We saw um, that it is important to. Uh, I, I don't have the handout in front of me, so I don't know what blanks I left out. So let me. You got an extra one. Amy has one. I gave you all those references. All right. So uh, if you're filling in where we've been. Uh, be intentional to manifesting maturity. Um, and then we saw uh, number two, let no man despise thy youth. Paul implies Timothy has power to behave himself in a way that neutralizes uh, the elder's tendency to see him as an upstart. We talked about that even this morning. Uh, point three, Paul had biblical reasons to be concerned about Timothy's youth being despised. And so uh, Paul, um, <clears throat> so Paul was dealing with that. Um, Paul leaves uh, wait a minute that doesn't match the outline does it huh do you have the wrong outline so all the Old Testament illustrations are also types of Christ yeah that's in there that's in ours yeah. okay something's amiss I don't know but um and number four. Oh, say my numbers are off. Okay, so Paul leaves. Okay, I skipped a number. So all the Old Testament illustrations are also types of Christ. Um, I'm, I'm confusing myself. There are practical lessons uh, that gifted preachers like Timothy can learn from in the past. Are you guys tracking with that? Yes. Okay. I'm. I think I'm off at this point. <laughs> So point B, be an example of the believers that is tangible. Um, and we talked about that. That's point B. So Paul gives Timothy um, uh, Paul gives Paul gives Timothy the recipe that makes Timothy's testimony taste good in first Timothy four twelve. And that's now we're getting into where we left off last time. So so uh, Paul um, he wants Timothy to have a, a testimony that uh, it leaves a good taste in the in the folks' mouth. So he gives them some things to do that. And these guys, these are right in the text in First Timothy chapter four and verse twelve. If you look at that, it says, "Let no man despise thy youth." Well, how do you do that? Be in it, thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, right, lifestyle, in charity, and in spirit, in faith, in purity. And so, practically speaking, give I, I, till I come. Right, and of course we can take this in an inspirational sense until the Lord Jesus comes. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, which with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, and give thyself wholly to them, not partially, that thy profiting may appear to all. Because if you do that, right, you're going to be in good shape. So take heed also unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So it's not just in the best interest of the body. It's in the best interest of 
of uh, Timothy to do, to do these things. And so we saw the first thing, of course, is the word. Paul wrote to the church at Colossae, encouraging wisdom and discretion in the use of grace and truth. So we saw that in Colossians 4, 5 through 6. We also saw there should not be any guile in the mouth of the godly young man. And uh, we looked at point two, which is the conversation, right? That lifestyle. We looked at several references there. And uh, and that brings us to really where we left off. For those of you that were here last uh, a couple weeks ago when we were in the in the uh, study, that brings us to point three, which, which is charity, right? A charity. It's important that the young man has charity. The young minister has charity. So we've already touched on that. Um, it is part of who we are. So there's no quicker way to leave a bad smell, right, a bad odor, than to be lacking in love, right? Knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifies. So the first three uh, are external manifestations of our relationship with Christ that you see there in the text. But charity uh, is something that, that really is a reflection of your relationship with God. So the next three that we look at, are uh, they are internal. They're, they're internal. So those first ones, you know, be an example of the believers in word, in conversation, and in charity. Uh, those are internal. And now we're going to go to the external. Um, I'm sorry, those are external, I should say, not, in, not internal. The next three are internal. So people can see... Um, they can see our, our, they can see the word manifest in us, what we say, and how we live, and how we love, right? So those are all things that are external. People can notice those things, and they'll leave a good uh, uh, savor and flavor in the in the the mouth of those that can taste our lifestyle, right, and can smell the odor of our living sacrifice. Uh, but now he says, he says, you know what? Also in spirit, in faith, in purity. So that's an internal thing. Uh, the spirit, of course, is number four. That governs our life. And, of course, that spirit should be what spirit? The Holy Spirit, right? That should be what's governing our life. And the fruit of the spirit, you guys know from Galatians, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. And, again, those three, first three in that list are internal, love, joy, and peace. Uh, and that's manifest in long-suffering and gentleness and goodness. Right, and then faith and meekness and temperance are also outward manifestations of that inward relationship, and uh, and so this fruit it smells great. It's hard to gather grapes among the thorns, but the works of the flesh smell like what they smell like. They smell like death, and uh, I don't I don't obviously deal with dead bodies very often, uh, if ever. But uh, I've been told that it's a horrible thing. Uh, my uncle uh, was a firefighter. And uh, he did have to deal with dead bodies. And it caused so much trauma in his life. There's certain things. If he dealt with dead dead bodies, right, that odor that he dealt with, if it reminded him of anything. Uh, one time, true story is he, he uh, pulled a, a victim out of a fire and their skin came off. And uh, that day, uh, it was the odor. It was it was the way everything happened and exposing the you know the bones and uh, and he had had hot dogs. He could never eat hot dogs again. And it put a bad it put a bad savor in his mouth. Why? Because of the dead flesh and uh, and that dead carcass. It just it just messed him up. He had PTSD, frankly. And so um, uh, that's what happened. And so unfortunately, he medicated with the wrong things. But uh, but uh, but you know what? The flesh it leaves you traumatic. It's traumatic. Right, and so um, you can. We're all humans and adults, and we deal with people's life issues. And what, what are we really dealing with? We're dealing with the results of the 
the flesh. The dead man causes trauma. Right? It causes all kinds of problems if he's not crucified and replaced with the Lord Jesus Christ. So when it comes to ministry, right, we should be the we should be the people that are having representing the spirit of life, not that of the flesh, because the flesh it stinks. It stinks to high heaven. And so we should be full of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness, right? Against such there is no law. So even the even the law doesn't stick, right? Because grace overcomes. Praise God. Point number five: faith. Faith comes by hearing, and you know the rest. Hearing comes by the word of God, and that's not just hearing the word of God, right? That's actually hearing the word of God. That's like that's like paying attention to what God says and actually adhering to what He says. Um, you know, we can listen to people say things all day long, even assent to them. Yeah, that's right, that's right. But it's actually, faith is when we act on it, right? Uh, and, and hearing the Word of God, uh, it, we, we're actually be- not just believing it intellectually, but we're putting our, we're resting on it, right? If I sit on this altar here, I'm, I'm, I have faith that this is going to hold me up. I'm trusting in it. And so faith comes by hearing. We're trusting what the Word of God says. Timothy needs to be a good minister that trusts what the Word of God says, and to trust what the Word of God says, you're often in positions where um, there's no, the, you know, there's other options you could choose other than the Word of God. There's that situation, and then there's also times when there's only one option, and that's the Word of God. And it would be much more comfortable to trust something else. And so, uh, so God puts us in all kinds of scenarios, but it it takes a man, right? If we're going to be good ministers, it's going to take a man that walks by faith. And so, First Corinthians sixteen thirteen, which is in your notes, says, "Watch ye, right? Stand fast in the faith." Quit you like men, be strong. So having faith is not something for the light, you know, it's not a light thing. He's, he puts it in the context of combat, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. So if we're going to have faith, it's one of those things that we got to stand fast, right? So we have a whole shop down here, forget the name of it, down there by Todd's Auto, it's, it's a fastener company. You just have a whole building full of fasteners, right? If you're going to build something and you're in a commercial uh, trade, you're going to know you're going to know about that place. Fastnell is what it's called. And so what is that about? you got to have fasteners so you can build stuff, and right? And they so they can be held fast. If you don't have things to pull stuff together, it's not gonna it's not gonna be sturdy. Our faith needs to be strong and firm. It needs to be fastened, right? Hold fast to the faithful word that you've been taught so you can stand fast. Because it's not always easy, right? So we gotta be fastened to our faith. It's gotta be something we watchy and stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men be strong. The interesting thing about first Corinthians sixteen thirteen is the only other time you see that phrase. You guys contextually, you guys are Bible students, who's that dealing with in the Old Testament? You guys know the story? Philistines. Right, the Philistines. Isn't that interesting how Paul lifts an example from the, the Philistines that stood fast and actually got a victory against God's people uh, because they quit themselves like men and they were strong and they and they had more faith in the, than the Israelites, right? So Paul's stealing from that. He's like, hey, listen, you know what? We should do better than the world. We should do better than the Mormons. We should do better than Jehovah's Witnesses. I mean, come on, man. We need to stand fast in the faith that God has given. Why do we why do we faint so quickly? Why do we have so many why do we give up on doctrine so easily? Why do we get so confused as Christians? Well, because we're not really standing fast. We're not really quitting ourselves like men and being strong. We're kind of girly men. And so biblically speaking, we need to not be girly men, right? That went out in the eighties. So we need to be we need to be strong in the faith, and that includes the ladies. Uh, but he's particularly addressing Timothy here so that uh, we're not girly men. We need to watch, stand fast in the faith, and quit us like men, quit like men and be strong. And so, uh, man, we got to do better than the world. 
I don't really care for Hank Hanegraaff, but he used to say, uh, there was a phrase he would use that I thought was really good, and I don't remember it word for word, but something to the effect that we should be willing to do more for the truth than the cults are to do a, to, to a, uh, for a lie. Uh, and so, and I agree with that, right? We we should stand fast and hold to the word of God in faith. So, mark mark the mark of a man of God is not just what you know about God's word; it's what you're willing to believe God for. Uh, Jeff actually had a good message this morning in his class about that very thing. It, it, the mark the mark of a man of God is not just what you know about God's word. I've known some men that know a lot about God's Word. I mean, there's men I know right now, they're still breathing on the planet, that know much more Bible than probably anybody I've ever met, and yet they're godless. All right, so it's not enough just to know the Bible, right? We've got to, we've got to, we've got to believe God for, for what it says. And a man of faith will be a faithful man. Okay, so a man of faith will be a faithful man. doesn't mean they're sinlessly perfect, but I mean they will be a faithful man because they're a man of faith. They'll emulate the things that they're reading. They're going to, be, they're going to have fidelity. That's what faith is. They're going, to, they're going to be focused on what the Word of God has to say. So there's no doubt every generation needs its young men to be faithful men. Uh, not only is it important for the generations, but for the generations to follow. So if you're a young man in this room, the question is, are you a faithful minister? Right? As you go to Monmouth, are you a faithful minister? Are you faithfully uh, a young man? Uh, because your generation needs you. we got young men in here. So, man, you need to be faithful. You need to stand strong. You know, young men like to be strong, and they want to be, you know, they want to be all that in a bag of chips. Well, if you're going to do that, do it for Jesus, right? Because that's what your generation needs, right? They're not going to resonate with, well, Brian, Brian's getting gray head. So you got to get, the next generation needs to stand up. Timothy needed to come along and be faithful and stand fast in the faith. And, uh, and we need young men to do the same. David was faithful. And, of course, he was a man of his generation, right? When they needed someone to stand up, he was there. The sixth thing, of course, is purity. And so when the water of God's Word uh, goes through you, you know what it does? It cleanses and purifies you. And the Scripture tells us to be holy, for He is holy. So as we cleanse the inside, it's evident on the outside. right? Be ye holy. I just was having this discussion at lunch about the difference between separation and sanctification. And it was a really good question because I, I really that wasn't the question. The question was on on separation, Baptist separation and all of that and what makes us different from the Amish. It was really a really thoughtful question. I really appreciate it. And God in his providence had just had me meditating on that very thing. Um, and uh, I was just sharing with them what God was giving me about the reality. Separation is in the Bible. It, it says, uh, you know, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. So separation is a biblical doctrine. However, and among Baptists sometimes, we conflate separation from sanctification. And what is the difference? And there is a subtle difference. Um, and so um, what we need to be careful of as Bible believers, I'll throw out the term Baptist because I'm not so sure we always want to identify with some of our Baptist brothers, but the bottom line is when it comes to being a Bible believer, you know, at sanctification, it sets us apart to someone. In our case, someone is Christ. So we are to be set apart saints. That's why we're called the saints. It's in our very mission statement here, equipping the saints of God. Those are people set apart, sanctified to someone who is Christ, and therefore something, which is the instructions that he's given us in the New Testament. Whereas separation is often, when you think about separation, it's what you're separating from, Right? And sometimes what happens among Bible believers, and, uh, and is that, or, or even people who aren't Bible believers, is we focus more on what we're separating from 
than we do on who we're separating to. And so on that pendulum between license and liberty, right, uh, that's, where you, that's where you get into trouble. Right, and you, and we have to be balanced there. We have a lesson in discipleship on that, on liberty in Christ. And so you can get licentious, right, and just anything goes when the whistle blows. And then you can get legalistic on the other hand and say separate, separate, separate. But the real issue is is sanctification. Be holy because He's holy. A relationship with Jesus Christ is what brings a balance to those things. And we should be separate. And we should be holy. And we are to be. We are holy. We not only should be, we are. Positionally, we are already set, sanctified. We are justified. We are set apart. And so we should reflect what we are. And, and, and so, on the other, conversely, we cannot, we cannot uh, get to the point where we think our outward sa- uh, separation equals sanctification. Right? Uh, although the, what we do on the outward is important, that's why we should separate ourselves. Be holy as He's holy. Uh, make sure that we're not dealing and dabbling in things that are going to feed our flesh, but we need to feed the Spirit. And a lot of those other things will be worked out in between. So there's license and there's liberty. And uh, um, and there's licentious, licentiousness, right? And so um, where's, I'm, there's, I'm struggling for the word. Uh, liberty and license and uh, legalism. So there's li- legalism on one hand and license on the other hand meaning you can do whatever you want and we believe in biblical liberty and so uh, so when we think about purity right uh, that subject just came up today when, when the water of God's uh, holy word goes through you it cleanses us it purifies us it changes our mind it changes our heart and of course it's going to change our life it's going to you know the, some of the things I, well, most of the things I don't do have nothing to do with rules that anyone's given me. It's, it comes from love. The things that you really do. You stay, I stay faithful to my wife because I love God and I love my wife. It's not because there's a rule. You cannot. Be, you, you must, thou must be faithful to your wife. Well, yeah, I want to be faithful to my wife. I mean, where does that come from? That comes from the heart. Not from an out, outward legislation, you know. Um, I need to want to go the speed limit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and uh, sometimes I don't. So, uh, and I don't want to go that slow, right? I want to go faster. And my flesh says, go, go, go. Right? That's when I need the law, right, to remind me, hey, your testimony. You know, this, I'll give you a real example from this morning. So this morning, the, the, uh, there's a time where the law comes in. So the law is not bad, right? We know that too. The law is there to remind us. But you're a center dog. So today I'm driving up 49 and the, and the ramp is closed. And I'm trying to get here early. And I'm like, oh, drats! <laughs> the ramp's closed and nobody told me. So I'm driving. And you know what I'm thinking. There's another exit right there in front of Hannah. <laughs> and I, I'm ready to take that thing. Why didn't I take that thing? You know the truth is? Is it because it was against the law? No, there's a cop sitting there. It really wasn't the cop. Well, a cop would have made a difference because there's authority with that law. You're right. You're right. There was not a cop sitting there. There should have been one. What really kept me from crossing over in front of Hannah this morning, and Amy can witness to this. What's that? This is a bad example. I wanted to. In my flesh, I wanted to. The, honestly, the only thing, it was not the law. I hate to tell you this, but I'm being honest. It was love. Love kept me from crossing over in front of Hannah. Because I was wanting to cross over in front of Hannah. And then, honestly, the law wasn't strong enough. 
So God had to throw his, his uh, golden rope down and pull that little sheep back and say, Son, you're a good example, aren't you? And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess so. So I had to go all the way down to 307th and come back. God said, think about that for a few minutes while you drive back. Right. Think about what you're going to be preaching tonight, son. And be pure. Be holy as I'm holy. Would I cross over in front of Hannah? No, I guess you wouldn't. So I submitted to the law, the powers that be. Not because of just the law. The law gave me the boundaries, but it was love that kept me between the white lines. You see what I'm saying? It kept me on the highway. And beloved, that's how we roll. That's how we roll with God. Uh, There's always liberty and there's license, but ultimately what's going to keep you balanced is love. Charity never fails. So Paul's talking to his young Timothy, and he's letting him know, this is so important. I'm not going to go any further for time's sake, but uh, verse 12 is as far as we're getting tonight. Let no man despise thy youth. Be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in, there it is, charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity, right? Those should all work themselves together. And, uh, and you know what? That protected me because Ron knows, right? Because God, God knows. If I probably would have cut it in front of Hannah, God might have been right there with the cop to say, I knew it. <laughs> or you got stuck. Yeah, or I got stuck in the mud, right? God would have probably slayed me. And everybody coming to church would see me stuck in the mud. <laughs> So I would not, and I getting up here saying, "Be sure your sin will find you out." Right? Could you imagine? Could you imagine that? So, guys, yes. Does God convict the preacher about what he preaches? Absolutely. Which is in the next verse. We'll get to that next time. On you know what it says. Make sure Timothy, take heed to thyself and the doctrine. Make sure you're applying what you're preaching. Right? That'll make you smell good if you apply what you preach. If you don't apply what you preach, you start stinking like the flesh. It'll be a whoo. Man, that dude needs a spiritual shower. He needs a wash in the water of the word. All right. So thank you guys. That's that's about all the time we have tonight. Uh, so we'll pick up point C next time. Next week, as a matter of fact, next Sunday night, uh, I won't be here. So who will be here on the team? Are you going to Mama? Okay. You are not this year? You are? You are? Okay. So Ron, are you here? Yeah. Okay, so we will persevere in prayer next week. Um, And so, Jeff, you'll be in Monmouth. So we will be a pretty Spartan group. It'll be Jeff and Jamie. So um, we'll work that out afterward. But anyway. What did I say? Jeff and Jamie? Ron and Jamie, sorry. Yeah, Pray for me. I need help. (laughs) All right, so uh, let me pray, and then I'm going to turn off the recorder for our discussion on on our prayer pieces. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time just to visit and uh, just pray God a blessing on what we've heard and what we apply and our prayer season here in just a moment. We pray, God, that you would be glorified in the singing and the word and now the work of praying. Lord, thank you for this team once again as we get ready to do the business of praying specifically. Lord, I pray, God, that you would be glorified in that and lord that uh, you would just continue to to bless your word as uh, we trust you to reach the world i thank you for just the work that's gone into preparing for this mama theme and the trip and what i pray god as we pray them out tonight lord that you'd be glorified we ask this in jesus name amen all right